ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد so recently then we've been talking about the prophet muhammad Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we spoke about his physical characteristics, what the Prophet Muhammad used to look like. Today we're going to talk about the manners of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Because like we said, in Islam, we believe in all of the Prophets and the Messengers. From the first person that was created, Adam. And then there were the prophets and messengers that came, like Noah and Abraham and Moses and Jesus. And the last one was Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. These are all prophets and messengers that were sent by Allah. And they were all sent with the same message. And that message was that Allah or as it may be said, God commanded us to worship Him, and that our purpose in existence is to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is the reason why we were created by Allah, by God. We were created in order to worship Him. It is a test, this whole life. And in the Qur'an, the Qur'an, the, the book, the revelation that Allah sent, just like the other revelations that were sent before that, like the Torah and the Bible, the last revelation that came was the Qur'an. The Qur'an. And in that, Allah told us in one particular verse, وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ Allah, God, told us, that I did not create the man or the jinn except for them to worship me. That is the purpose as to why Allah created us. In order that we worship Him. It's a test. In another verse of the Qur'an, Allah mentioned, الَّذِي خَلَقَ الْمَوْتَ وَالْحَيَاةَ لِيَبْلُوَكُمْ أَيُّكُمْ أَحْسَنُ عَمَلًا Allah the one who created he is the one who created death and life in order to test you. Which of you will be the best in your actions? Which of you will be the best in your deeds? Because we believe the angels of Allah, they record everything we do in our lives. Everything we say, every word, every action, Everything is written down and recorded by the angels, by the command of Allah to do so. By the command from God to the angels to write down everything we do. And that is mentioned in another verse of that revelation, the Qur'an. It's mentioned, وَإِنَّا عَلَيْكُمْ لَحَافِظِينَ كِرَامًا كَاتِبِينَ يَعْلَمُونَ مَا تَفْعَلُونَ that indeed we have upon you those noble guardians, the angels, and they write down everything that you do, they know everything you do, 
they write down everything you do, because this whole life is a test, and eventually then, there will be the resurrection, when all of this earth eventually comes to an end, and it will come to an end. This earth isn't something that just continues. Allah created this earth, created us as a test for us all. Who will be righteous and pious? Who will recognize that they've been created and placed upon this earth for a purpose, for a reason? That you're not just on this earth for nothing, that your days and nights, they pass by one after the next, and your age is getting older and older, and there's no purpose to your life. The rest of the days are just going to carry on going, and you'll get older, and eventually you'll die. And that's it, you're just going to become soil in the earth, buried. That is the end. That is not the end. That is not how this creation is. That is not what we have been created for. Allah wouldn't just create us and leave us on this earth without any purpose, without any goal or objective that we just die and become soil, rot away in the earth and finished. That's it. That is not it. Actually, there is going to be a resurrection where all of us will be raised up on that day. When that day comes and the earth, it comes to an end and everything is finished and flattened and destroyed. And then the resurrection occurs and everybody from the beginning of time, every single one will be resurrected out of their graves. Allah has told us that in the Qur'an. We know that we will be resurrected in order to get our accountability, in order to be given our results as to what you've done with your lives, what actions you did. Were you a worshipper of your Lord, the one who created you, the one who gave you all of the blessings you have, even the lungs that you have in your body and you breathe with them, the hands that you have, that you operate, the mouth that you talk with, the tongue inside, the teeth you can eat your food, the legs you can walk with, the air that you breathe, all of these blessings given to us from Allah. And that's why Allah, God, said in the revelation, the Qur'an, وَإِن تَعُدُّوا نِعْمَةَ اللَّهِ لَا تُحْصُوهَا If you were to count the number of blessings Allah, your Creator, your Lord has given you, then you would not be able to count them. Because there are so many blessings that your Lord has given to you. So many blessings from all of those things we were talking about just now. Even this air that you're breathing right now, every breath is a blessing from your Lord. And so on that day when we are resurrected, we are raised up again. Allah, our Lord, takes us out of our graves again, puts us back together again. Then we will be tested. 
we will be told of our results on our accountability, what we did with our lives. Those who were righteous and pious, those who recognized their Lord, and they recognized that they are here in this life to worship their Lord, not to just waste it out on the streets and out playing and in discos and nightclubs, wasting your lives, days going by, getting older and older until you just die and you've done nothing with your life to show. You've done nothing to be proud of. What are you going to show for yourself on that day when you are resurrected, standing before your Lord? Because the Prophet Muhammad told us, on that day when the resurrection happens, مَا مِنْكُمْ مِنْ أَحَدٍ إِلَّا سَيُكَلِّمُهُ رَبُّهُ لَيْسَ بَيْنَهُ وَبَيْنَهُ تُرْجُمَانِ there is not a single one of you except that on the day of judgment your Lord will speak to you directly. There will not be any interpreters in between. Your Lord will speak to you, to every person, every individual, and you will be shown your lives and what you did with them. So are you going to have anything to show for yourself on that day? Or are you going to be from the losers on that day who wasted their lives not remembering their Lord and the blessings you've been given? And that's why the Prophet Muhammad told us, always look to those who are below you. To recognize and to realize just exactly how many blessings you have. You look at a person who has, for example, some disease and their organs are failing, or their body parts are not working, and but you, you see that everything is good, your body parts are all working, you don't have any disease, blessing from Allah upon you, you see another person in poverty, they cannot even find clean drinking water, people in the world, in certain places, they cannot even find clean drinking water, and we here do not even think about this water. We don't even think it is a blessing. Pick it up, drink it, throw it on the floor. Nobody even gives it a second thought. But if you look down below you, people in the world who do not even have clean drinking water, they go and they pick up whatever they can get and it's dirty, not even clean, full of disease and illness and germs. So what a blessing Allah's given you. You open your tap and you have clean water. What a blessing from your Lord upon you. So are you going to accept those blessings? Recognize those blessings? Or are you going to reject those blessings? How does a person reject the blessings from his Lord? By taking them all, but not worshipping his Lord. You take all the blessings your Lord gives you, but you don't worship Him, then that means you are being ungrateful. And on the day of judgment, on the day of resurrection, you will end up from the losers, those who did not worship Allah. What is the meaning of worshiping Allah? It is not just praying, it is a lot more. Worshiping Allah, Allah has told us how to do that. 
All of the messengers, Abraham, Moses, Noah, Jesus, Prophet Muhammad, the last one, they all told us how to do that. And that is what is known as monotheism. You must worship Allah exclusively. You must worship your Lord exclusively. Because our Lord is the Almighty, the mighty and majestic, the all-powerful. He is not in need of any partners. How can the Lord who created everything, all of the universe, the planets and the sun and the moon and all of these people and the tiniest insects, how can the Lord of all of that need anybody else? He does not need anyone. No partners at all. He is the mighty and majestic the creator of everything. He is alone, he is one and unique. He does not have any partners. He does not need any partners. He does not have any children. He is not in need of any children. He does not have a son. And that's a mistake that some people, they began to say that God has a son. That doesn't make sense. The Lord is the mighty and majestic and the powerful. He doesn't need a son. He is one and unique. And actually, if you look carefully at what Jesus taught, He never ever said that He is the Son of God. And He never taught the people that you have to believe I am the Son of God. Never. In fact, in the Quran, Allah tells us, our Lord tells us in the Quran, that on the day of judgment, our Lord is going to ask Jesus, He's going to ask Isa alayhi salam, أَأَنْتَ قُلْتَ لِلنَّاسِ اتَّخِذُونِي وَأُمِّيَ إِلَهِينِ مِن دُونِ Our Lord will say to Isa, to Jesus, did you tell the people to take you and your mother Mary as gods besides Allah, as other gods besides God, besides our Lord, meaning that you are the son of God, and that you are sacred, and that Mary is sacred. Did you say that? Jesus will say, I never said that. That's in a verse of the Quran. And this is the final revelation, remember. There was the Bible before that, there was the Torah that the Jews have before that. But the last one that came, the final piece of that revelation, the final aspect of it, is the Qur'an. And in there it tells us that Jesus is not the Son of God. He is actually a messenger. He was a messenger, just like Abraham was a messenger, just like Noah was a messenger, just like Moses was a messenger, just like Muhammad is a messenger. They were all messengers, prophets, sent by our Lord to teach us, to teach the people, to remind the people of their purpose in existence, to remind the people that it's not just to waste your lives, but that you're here to worship your Lord. You're here to worship Him alone. Not to say that He has sons or partners or equals or anybody Helping him. In the Quran, in the final revelation, Allah, our Lord, He told us, قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهِ 
قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ Say he is Allah. قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَد Say he is Allah, the one. One and unique and alone. No partners, no equals. In another part of the Qur'an, Allah told us all of the prophets and messengers, they used to tell their people exactly that. In another verse of the Qur'an, Allah told us, وَلَقَدْ بَعَثْنَا فِي كُلِّ أُمَّةِ الرَّسُولَ أَنِ اعْبُدُوا اللَّهَ وَاشْتَنِبُوا الطَّاغُوتِ That indeed we sent to all of the nations, all of the nations of the past, throughout history of mankind, we sent to them all messengers, the different messengers, Noah, Abraham, etc. And all of them were preaching to their people, Allah, Worship your Lord alone. Single out Allah for worship. And stay away from all of the false gods. All of the false gods that the people have made up. Even Jesus is not a god. He is a messenger and a prophet. In fact, as a Muslim, we believe that Jesus is one of the five top prophets and messengers. He is in the top five best prophets and messengers. Jesus. In fact, Jesus is mentioned where? In the Quran. His mother Mary is mentioned where? In the Quran. So don't be thinking that Islam doesn't recognize Jesus or Moses. They are all in the Quran. Jesus and Moses and Noah and Abraham and Adam. All of them are mentioned in the Quran. In fact, in the olden days, you remember the story of that Christian king, Najashi. He heard the story of Jesus and Mary from the Quran and he ended up in the end becoming a Muslim from that. When he realized Islam respects these prophets and messengers in that way, even Mary is mentioned in the Quran. In fact, there are different chapters in the Quran. One of the chapters is known as the chapter of Mary. The chapter of Mary in the Quran of Maryam. So this is Islam. We recognize all of the prophets and messengers. We recognize that they all came with the same message. Telling their people, worship your Lord. Do not waste your lives here and there on the streets in play and amusement and pleasure. Don't waste your lives in that way because there is going to be a resurrection. There is going to be an accountability. Every person will be raised and on that day, there are going to end up two groups of people. One group is the Muwahidun, the people of monotheism, those who accepted the message from our Lord, accepted the revelation that came and realized their lives are here as a test to see if they're going to worship their Lord or if they're going to waste it in amusement on the streets. Those who passed that test, they worshipped Allah, they believed in the final prophet Muhammad, they implemented and practiced the revelation, 
They worshipped Allah alone. No partners, no associates. They were upon Tawheed. They will enter paradise on that day. But the ones who neglected and rejected all of these blessings from their Lord we've been talking about, they take them all, but they don't worship Allah. And they don't care about worshipping Allah. They don't believe in the revelations that came. They don't believe in the prophets and messengers that came. Then those individuals on that day, they will end up in the hellfire. And that is real. Hellfire is real. And paradise is real. There is something more than just this life. It is not just this life of amusement and play. And then die and become soil and that is it. You will be resurrected and there will be a paradise and there will be a hell which are already there existing in creation. So that is what the prophets and messengers came to teach. Uh, they used to say to their people, Ya qawmi ibudullah, ma lakum min ilahin ghayru. O people, worship your Lord. You do not have any deity, any other God to worship besides your Lord. Besides Allah. And we've been told Islam is the religion that Allah, our Lord, the creator of the universe, that is the religion He has told us to practice. In the Quran, in one of the verses, it says, Islam." Indeed, the religion with Allah, it is Al-Islam. That is the religion chosen by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In another verse it says, وَمَنْ يَبْتَغِي غَيْرَ الْإِسْلَامِ دِينَا فَلَنْ يُقْبَلَ مِنْهِ Whoever seeks out another religion besides Islam, then it will not be accepted from him. So this is something important to remember. Important to realize what the purpose of our existence is. And that purpose is to accept the worship of Allah and to practice that worship of Allah, to worship our Lord upon monotheism, not believing any partners to God, no son, no daughters, no any other equals. And this religion of Islam is the final religion, the final revelation meaning, the final prophet and messenger who came with the final revelation and that is what is upon us all to follow. So here then, when we talk about the final messenger, the final prophet, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, in his manners, كَانَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ sallam That the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was the most courageous of people. He was the most courageous of people. قَالَ عَلِيِ بْنَ أَبِي طَالِبِ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ كُنَّا إِذَا حْمَرَّ الْبَأْسِ وَلَقِيَ الْقَوْمُ الْقَوْمِ اتَّقَيْنَا بِرَسُولِ اللَّهِ صلى الله عليه وسلم He said that when the battle became fierce and the people encountered the enemy, we would find shelter with the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم so his courage was well known. The final messenger Muhammad, his courage was well known. 
He stood alone against his people in Mecca who were idol worshippers. They used to worship many idols, many statues, many other false gods besides the Lord, besides Allah. And they used to constantly threaten the Prophet Muhammad to kill him and to banish him. He instructed many of the companions to migrate to Ethiopia for their safety while he remained patient against his adversaries in Mecca until he conveyed the message that Allah had instructed him to convey. He stood alone in front of his enemies on many occasions, such as the season of Hajj and other than that. This is a proof of his courage and his reliance upon Allah the Exalted. This is because courage is based on trust in Allah and reliance upon Him and belief in Him. Belief in your Lord and believing in His promise and believing that victory belongs to those who are righteous. Success comes to those who are righteous. And when He migrated to Medina and the wars began between the Muslims and the pagans, He again showed His courage during the battles such as the battle of Badr and Uhud, and likewise his courage was based upon his trust and belief in Allah. A person has his trust in God, in Allah, in the Lord of all of creation, our Creator. You put your trust in Him, you love Him, you put your dependence and reliance in Him, then they are the ones whom Allah will give success to. They are the ones who will be the successful and once there was a noise, this is a story that happened. There was a noise that frightened the people of Medina. When they gathered together to investigate the noise, they saw that the Prophet ﷺ returning alone from the source of the noise. Anas said, كَانَ فَزَعٌ بِالْمَدِينَةِ فَاسْتَعَارَ النَّبِي صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ فَرَسًا مِنْ أَبِي طَلْحَ يُقَالُ لَهُ الْمَنْدُوبِ فَرَكِبَ فَلَمَّا رَجَعَ قَالَ مَا رَأَيْنَا مِنْ شَيْءٍ وَإِنْ وَجَدْنَا لَبَحْرًا وَإِنْ وَجَدْنَاهُ لَبَحْرًا Once the people of Medina were frightened, and so the Prophet ﷺ borrowed a horse from Abu Talha called Al-Mandub, and rode it. When he came back, he said, We have not seen anything to be afraid of, but we found this horse to be very fast, though it was known as a slow horse beforehand. Meaning he arrived at the source of the noise quickly because the horse was fast. And this statement was from his humility. The character is outside of the norm because most people with courage are boastful. This was from the perfection of his character. The Prophet ﷺ was a courageous man, the Prophet Muhammad. But he did not boast or have any type of arrogance he was from the humble people, from the modest people. He was also, كَانَ He was the most generous of the people. He would never say no when something was requested of him. And he was, The most patient and forbearing of all of the people. And having patience and forbearance, refraining from taking someone to account when they oppose you, it is upon those who call to the way of Allah to have this type of characteristic. وَكَانَ أَشَدَّ حَيَاءً مِنَ الْعَذْرَاءِ فِي خِدْرِهَا 
And he was shyer than a virgin in seclusion. He never stared anyone in the face. And this is a type of proverb or an example that is used to indicate that somebody has modesty, somebody has shyness. And that was from the good characteristics of the Prophet Muhammad, that he was modest and kind and generous, and he had that shyness. Similarly, كَانَ لَا يَنْتَقِمُ لِنَفْسِهِ وَلَا يَغْضَبُ لَهَا إِلَّا أَن تُنْتَهَكَ حُرُمَاتُ اللَّهِ فَيَكُونُ لِلَّهِ يَنْتَقِمُ وَإِذَا غَضِبَ لِلَّهِ لَمْ يَقُمْ لِغَضَبِهِ أَحَدٍ That he never ever used to seek revenge for himself. Never became angry for himself. But if the rights of Allah, of our Lord, were violated, then he would seek revenge for the sake of Allah. He became angry, it was for the sake of Allah. No one could intercede with him then. Relatives and strangers and the strong and the weak, all were equal to him regarding their rights. He was fair to everybody. He never criticized food. He would never speak bad about any food that he had. If he liked it, he ate it. If he didn't like it, he would just leave it. He never ate reclining and he never ate at a table even. He did not prohibit the permissible things. If he found a date, he would eat it. If he had roasted meat, he would eat it. If he had bread, he would eat it. If he had wheat or barley, bread, he would eat it. If he had milk, it would be sufficient for him. So there were some permissible foods that the Prophet ﷺ did not eat for specific reasons. He would not eat garlic or onions. And when asked about this, he said, Inni unaji man la tunaji, that verily I converse with the one you do not converse with. And he used to converse with the angels, and the angels are irritated by the smell of onions and garlic. And once he was presented with a roasted lizard in the presence of Khalid ibn al-Walid. So he said, لَمْ يَكُنْ بِأَرْضِ قَوْمِي This is not something found in the land of my people. But he didn't criticize food, nor say that it wasn't good. Rather, he would just say that it's not found in the land of my people. Meaning that he didn't want to eat that. He also ate melons and fresh dates and he used to love sweets and honey. Melons is the cantaloupe. Not the green watermelon. And it is not the small sweet cantaloupe. In those days, the cantaloupes were bigger and bitter. So he ate them with dates. So the sweetness of the fresh dates would contrast the bitterness of the cantaloupes. Also, it's mentioned by Abu Huraira, خَرَجَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ وسلم مِنَ الدُّنْيَا وَلَمْ يَشْبَعْ مِنَ الْخُبْزِ الشَّعِيرِ That the Prophet ﷺ left this world, he died... And he had never satisfied his hunger even with barley bread. Meaning, the Prophet ﷺ lived a very simple life. He was the final messenger, the leader of the Muslims at the time. Yet he lived with absolute humbleness. And this was due to his asceticism from worldly pleasures, not because he did not have it. He had what he needed. He was the leader of the Muslims, but he would live a simple and humble life because Allah gave him the choice to either be a prophet king or a messenger slave. It's mentioned in a hadith 
جلس جبريل إلى النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فنظر إلى السماء فإذا ملك ينزل فقال جبريل إن هذا الملك ما نزل منذ يوم خلق قبل الساعة فلما نزل قال يا محمد أرسلني إليك ربك قال أفملكا نبيا يجعلك أو عبدا رسولا قال جبريل تواضع لربك تواضع لربك يا محمد قال بل عبدا رسولا look at this now one time the angel Gabriel the angel Gabriel one time Jibreel sat with the Prophet Muhammad and looked at the sky and he saw an angel descending Gabriel said Jibreel said this angel has not descended down since he was created until now when he came down that angel he said oh Muhammad your Lord has sent me to you to ask you shall he make you a prophet king or a messenger slave which of the two do you want to be the angel came and asked the prophet Muhammad your Lord has sent me to ask you do you want to be made a prophet king or a messenger slave Jibreel said be humble before your Lord O Muhammad and the Prophet said he wants to be a messenger slave messenger slave great amounts of wealth and food would come to him he was the leader of the Muslims but he would give it away he did not have luxuries for himself sometimes a month or two would pass and they wouldn't even light a fire in his house meaning that like these days now your gas cooker two months they wouldn't even light it because they got nothing to cook this was how the Prophet Muhammad was two months might go by and they haven't cooked any food at home all they got is dates like fruits and water that is all they used to have this is the Prophet Muhammad he was the leader of the Muslims and this was the humbleness and modesty and this was the the way that he lived and what he had at certain times in his life and so the Prophet ﷺ gave his wives a choice between the worldly pleasures or Allah and his messenger all of them chose Allah and his messenger so his wives were patient with him too living this very simple and humble lifestyle he would eat the food given as a gift but he would never eat any charity when he was given a gift he would give something back in return he did not indulge in luxurious food or garments he ate what he had and he wore what he had he mended his own shoes and patched up his own clothes this is the prophet of our Lord the messenger from our Creator Allah he would mend up his own clothes and he would help his family with the household chores and he would visit the sick the Prophet ﷺ would visit the sick whether they were Muslim or non-Muslim such as the young Jewish boy he went and visited the young Jewish boy when the young Jewish boy became ill and so he was the humblest of people he would accept an invitation from the rich and from the poor from the common people or from the noble people from anyone from all of them equal he loved the poor and the needy people 
attended their funerals and visited their sick. He never belittled a poor person due to his poverty. And he never feared a rich person due to his power and status. An example of this is when the woman who used to clean the mosque, there used to be a woman, she used to clean the mosque of the Prophet. And when she died, the other companions of the Prophet prayed upon her. When a Muslim dies, you pray upon that Muslim and then bury that Muslim, the janazah. They did it without telling the Prophet Muhammad. And some scholars say it's because she died at night and they didn't want to disturb him. But afterwards when the Prophet found out that this woman, and she was just a poor woman, used to come and clean up the mosque and that's it. When he found out she died, he said, why didn't you tell me she died? He went to the graveyard and he prayed upon her. He went there and he prayed upon her. This is how the Prophet Muhammad was with, was with the poor and the needy. We mentioned right at the beginning before, when he used to go to worship, he used to pack his bags with food and go. On the way, if he saw the poor people, he would give them the food. His own, what he packed for himself, he would start giving it out to people on the way. That is how he was with the poor. He used to ride on a horse. He used to ride on a horse. A camel also sometimes. And a donkey also sometimes. And a mule also sometimes. He would let his servants or others ride on the saddle behind him. And he would not ever let anyone walk behind him. Now people who are rich and famous, they would not allow anybody else to ride along with them. They would not allow in these big limousines, you get only the VIPs in there, nobody else. The Prophet Muhammad used to ride on an animal and he would let other people sit in behind him. Sit on the animal alongside him. And he would not allow people to walk behind him. He would say, walk in front of me and leave my back for the angels. The scholars would prohibit people from walking behind them as they hated this. They would say it is humiliation for those walking behind the scholar and a trial for the one being followed. What about the clothes of the Prophet Muhammad? He used to wear garments made of wool and sewn shoes. The most beloved garment to him was a hibrah, a Yemeni cloak with a red and white material. His ring and its stone were silver. He wore it on his little finger of his right hand and sometimes of his left hand. So Muhammad is the messenger of Allah, was written on his ring. Muhammad one line, Rasul messenger one line, Allah on another line. And it is from his humility that he would not place his name above the name of Allah. So it would be Allah, Rasul Muhammad. And he would tie a stone to his stomach. He would tie a stone to his stomach from hunger. And Allah granted him all the keys to the earth's treasures. But he refused to accept them. And he preferred the afterlife to this life. He would mention Allah, our Lord, a lot. And he didn't waste his time with useless talk. He lengthened his prayer. He would pray long. And he would make the sermon shorter. And he smiled more than anyone. And was always cheerful. Despite the many concerns he had at the time and the enemies attacking him and everything. He was always pondering. He loved good sense and hated bad odors. 
He was hospitable to the noble people and honored the virtuous people. And he did not have any bad feelings towards anyone, nor did he ever shun anybody away. The Prophet Muhammad never used to shun people away. He was hospitable to the people, to the leaders of the tribes, to soften their hearts, and it would benefit the other people also therefore. He deemed playing to be permissible, so he did not disapprove of it. He would joke sometimes, but only with truth. When you make a joke, you don't lie to make up a joke. Lying isn't from the behavior of a Muslim. If you joke, then make sure it is a joke that is something real, not made up and lies just to make people laugh. He would accept the excuse from the one who gave it. And he had male and female slaves. He never placed himself above them in food or clothing. He didn't waste any time. He was either in the service of Allah or he was assisting his family. This is how the Prophet Muhammad was. From his complete humility that he would eat with the common people, even though he was the chosen Prophet of Allah, of our Lord, he would sit and eat with the normal people. And the children, he would sit and eat with them. As it's mentioned in some of the narrations, يَا غُلَامْ O young boy, mention the name of Allah when you start eating. Remember the blessings like we said. Mention the name of Allah when you start eating and eat with your right hand. Look at the, the manners that Islam teaches us. Eat with your right hand, not your left one. Because your left hand, you can use that when you use the toilet to clean yourself. After you finish using the toilet, you gotta clean yourself. You gotta use water, you gotta use something. Use your left hand to clean yourself. When you're eating afterwards, use your right hand. Mannerisms. Use your right hand for eating, use your left hand for cleaning. Islam teaches us that. And he was also a shepherd. The Prophet Muhammad was a shepherd. This is the Prophet Muhammad. People would think that he was a huge king and leader sitting on the throne. He was not like that at all. Simplicity, humbleness, modesty. He was a shepherd. He used to herd the livestock. And he said, مَا مِن نَبِيٍ إِلَّا قَدْ That there was never any prophet except that they used to herd the sheep. Herding sheep affects the shepherd's character. If you got sheep, then it affects your character. You recognize a different type of character in yourself. It causes the herder, the shepherd, to have mercy and compassion and leniency while paying special attention, carefully watching his flock. Because the small sheep, they run away here, they run away there. So the person looking after the sheep develops that compassion and mercy looking after sheep. So his character becomes compassionate and merciful. And that's how the Prophet Muhammad was looking after the sheep and compassion and mercy in him. And similarly, Aisha, his wife Aisha, she was asked, radiallahu anha, about the Prophet Muhammad. What was he like? She said, فَإِنَّ خُلُقَ نَبِيِّ اللَّهِ that the character of the Prophet was just like the Qur'an. What you see in there, the word of our Lord, the word of our Creator, the final revelation, that is how the Prophet Muhammad was. He would take all of that, 
implement and practice all of that. That is how he was, she said. He would only become angry for its sake and pleased for its sake. In another narration, it mentions about the description, what we said before, I never touched any silk or brocade softer than the palm of the Prophet ﷺ, and I have never smelt any fragrance sweeter, fragrance sweeter than the sweat of the Prophet ﷺ. And that was from the miracles of the Prophet ﷺ. The final narration, what we're going to finish on tonight, is the narration of Anas, there was one of the companions of the Prophet, one of those who lived at the time of the Prophet ﷺ, one of his students, Anas, he said, I served the Prophet for 10 years in Medina. That he used to do the chores and serve and help the Prophet in the various bits and bobs. He said, I was a young boy. I was a young boy and I did not do everything as he would have liked. He was a young boy so he couldn't do all of the chores properly. But he never said oof to me. He says I was a young boy at the time when I was helping the Prophet Muhammad. I was a young boy when I was helping the Prophet Muhammad. And I couldn't do everything quite right because I was young. But he said the Prophet never got angry at me. He never said, oof, never did that to me. Never gave me that type of agitation. And he would never say to me, مَا قَالَ لِي فِيهَا أُفْقَطْ وَمَا قَالَ لِي لِمَا فَعَلْتَ هَذَا أَوْ أَلَا فَعَلْتَ هَذَا He said the Prophet never said to me, why did you do this or why didn't you do that? The Prophet would never speak to me in that way. Shows you again the beautiful character of the Prophet Muhammad, the final messenger. So Allah, Allah the Exalted bestowed upon him perfect character and perfect actions. Allah granted him the knowledge of the first people and those to come later. He, Allah, our Lord, taught the Prophet Muhammad, gave him the revelation of what will save us. How are we going to get salvation on the day of judgment? How are we going to be from the people of paradise and not from the people of hellfire? We have to take from the teachings of the Prophet. We have to learn from the revelation that our Lord sent us. We have to understand that our lives have a purpose and we are being judged on our actions and that on the day of judgment... That accountability is going to take place. Every single word, every action we do, written down, nothing is hidden from Allah, our Lord, our Creator. Even what we're thinking inside of ourselves, our Lord knows. Even what intention we got, whether we're truthful, whether we're liars, our Lord knows. Everything on that day of judgment, you're going to be pulled up on it. And you will have your accountability on it. For those who have the easy accountability, you'll acknowledge what you did and you'll be allowed to go through. But those who are analyzed on their deeds, they did not believe in Allah our Lord. They did not believe in the final messenger Prophet Muhammad. They didn't understand and read into the Quran. They died as non-Muslims. Then they will be the ones who did not get this salvation. Salvation is by worshipping your Lord by recognizing we are here for a purpose and this earth has been created for a purpose, 
Recognizing we're not here just to waste our lives and days are going by, more and more years are going by. You remember when you were five, you remember when you were ten, when you were twenty, when you were thirty, when you were forty, fifty. You remember when you were all those ages and those days have gone. Long gone. And more and more days are going. Tomorrow you'll wake up and this day has gone if you live till tomorrow. Next week if you live till then another week has gone. All this time it passes you by and you don't know when death is going to come to you. You don't know when death will arrive. كُلُّ نَفْسٍ ذَائِقَةُ الْمَوْتِ It says in the Quran in a verse, Every person shall taste death. We're all going to die. The question is, Upon what state are you going to die? What are you going to be like when you die? Are you going to be like some guy on the streets who doesn't care about his Lord, doesn't care about all of the blessings, doesn't worship Allah, doesn't care about the prophets and the messengers, doesn't care about any of this, he thinks he's not going to be resurrected, then you're going to be in for a surprise. The resurrection certainly will occur. And you'll be tested and you'll be given your accountability with what you did with your life. So now is the chance before death comes. Because when death comes, and it could be tonight, it could be tomorrow, you don't know. If you die and you haven't accepted Islam, you haven't changed your life to worship your Lord, to recognize Allah doesn't have any partners, He doesn't have any sons. So it's not about Christianity or Judaism or all those religions. It's the final one. And that makes sense. Judaism came, Christianity came, then the last one to finish it all off, to round it all off, the final revelation of the Qur'an, which came after the Torah and the Bible, with the final revelation, the final rulings, the final religion of Islam. To worship Allah alone, purely alone. No partners, no sons, no equals. To believe in the angels, to believe in the prophets and messengers, to believe in all of the revelations of our Lord, to believe in the day of judgment, to believe in the decree that Allah knows every single thing about us. That 50,000 years before even this earth was created, our Lord had written down in the preserved tablet everything that is going to happen. Which people are going to end up in paradise which people are going to end up in the hellfire? All of that was known. All of that was written down 50,000 years before this creation was even created. But what are you going to do now with your life? These are the choices you've been given. This is what Allah is testing you on, what our Lord is testing you on. Are you going to carry on until you die with a worthless life? Nothing to show for yourself when you're resurrected. Or are you going to take that warning when it comes to you? And you never know where guidance may come to you from. You may wake up one day never knowing that today could be the day some guidance comes to me. Today could be the day that I hear something that I never heard before. Today could be the day that my heart changes. And I change my life around from it just wasting away into nothingness. Wasting away into old age and dying for nothingness. Today could be the day when I realize. When I suddenly stop and think. That there needs to be a change. There has to be something different. Life cannot just be like this. Cannot just be every day walking by. Passing by and I'm doing nothing in reality. This life is for a purpose. 
The people who recognize and understand that purpose, they are the ones who will be successful. They understand it and practice and do what needs to be done in worshiping Allah. So, that is the brief reminder and the section from the biography of the Prophet that we're going to cover today. We'll round off on that for today. In two weeks time, we'll be back here again at 7 p.m. That will be on 28th of July then, two weeks time. 28th of July. Correct? Hmm. So in two weeks time on Sunday, 7 p.m. we'll be back here. Normally, as you know, it's every week on a Sunday at 7 p.m. Every week on a Sunday at 7 p.m. Just for next week as a one-off, it's cancelled. So we're going to be back in two weeks time. But after that, we'll be back again regular every week on a Sunday, 7 p.m. We're going to carry on talking about the biography of the Prophet Muhammad Wasallam. We're going to carry on talking about the purpose of our existence and life so that the person can stop to think and realize he needs to do something. We don't want to waste our lives and end up in nothing. So we're going to conclude upon that. Anybody have any questions or anything before we round off and leave? Is it, uh, is it true that um, it is mentioned that in the Quran, Isa alayhi salam, Jesus and Mary are mentioned not just once, multiple times. In many different parts of the Quran, this part, that part, this chapter, that chapter, in many places, Jesus and Mary are mentioned in the Quran. As are the other prophets, Abraham is mentioned in many places in the Qur'an. Moses is mentioned in many places in the Qur'an. Noah and the ark, the story about Noah and the ark and everything mentioned in the Qur'an. The story of Moses and Pharaoh mentioned in the Qur'an. Of Abraham and everything that happened at his time when he was alive mentioned in the Qur'an. Jesus mentioned in the Qur'an. All of these prophets are great prophets of Islam. They were Muslims. They worshipped Allah alone. They worshipped their Lord alone. They didn't have any partners. They didn't tell anybody there's a son of God or anything like that. They were pure worshippers of God. That's why God sent those prophets and messengers. To teach the people that you got purposes in your life. And that purpose is a test. Are you going to worship your Lord? Or are you going to be taken away by the desires and the glitters and the beauties of this world? You're going to be pulled away by that? Or are you going to stop to think and realize you need to worship your Lord alone purely? I've got a question which is a different subject. Go on. It's regarding his animals. It didn't mention, I thought you had a cat. It didn't mention anything about the cats. Allah Alam. Maybe we'll have a look and see if there's anything else. Do you have any cats? I don't know. Oh, you don't know. Hmm. off topic question. Go on. Uh, well, how can we say him like Allah? We say, that's because even in the Quran, that's how it's mentioned in the pronoun of he. That he is the one. Qul huwa Allahu ahad. Say he is Allah the one. That's the way it's mentioned in the Quran. Say he is Allah the one. It's the same way. So we just stick to how it is in the Quran. Hmm. Alright, we'll leave it on there. Round off on that for tonight. Like we said, in two weeks' time, 7 p.m., we'll be back and we'll be going every Sunday from then on at 7 p.m., inshallah. 
صلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين